Thanks for being with us this morning. It is a new show. It is taking place at the Firehall Arts Centre, and it is called The Hooker Monologues. And it's telling quite the story. And to shed some light on this and to explain a bit more about the production, Velvet Steele is joining us on the phone, a cast member with The Hooker Monologues. Velvet, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, How did you get involved with the project? Um, Well, I'm... (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, myself, I'm an activist out there as well. Also, I'm a professional dominatrix. So having done a lot of independent work on my own, um, the organizer of the whole production and a few others, well, Raven Bone was the one who actually initially contacted me. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to become a part of it in the start. So I sort of had a little bit of contemplation on it. And then after some serious thought, agreed to take part in it. Um, and we'd worked together before in a lot of in, in activist initiatives and things like that across the country, locally. Um, so she was well aware of my work and I well aware of hers. So it just seemed to be a good fit. Um, and with my, she shared my stories as well as the rest of the gang's stories. I thought it was a real good, um, how shall we say, mix of stories. So everybody comes from a different perspective and background. And why were you hesitant, though, when you first heard about it to, to get involved? Well, I'm, well, my first main concern is that I'm busy, very busy, so I wasn't sure that I would be able to fit into my schedule. Um, then after I thought about it for a while, it's just like I really do want my stories heard. I mean, mine are just as unique as the rest of the gangs in the group. So, um, And bringing everybody's stories from different backgrounds, different types of work, different types of thoughts and feelings, as well as the allies, just seemed to be a really good fit. So that was my reason for hesitancy. It wasn't anything to do with being out or public or visible as a person. So, I mean, I just thought, yeah, let's do it. We're going to do it. Uh, the, the stories that are, that are being shared on the stage, uh, they seem to be uh, varied, uh, I suppose you could say. I know one of them is is, is the actual diary uh, of a woman who disappeared. Her remains were found on the picked-in farm. And I think it's probably the first time people are going to hear uh, her exact words and, and hear her words spoken. Um how does how do you think telling stories like that and bringing that kind of emotion and that kind of dialogue to the stage, what what does that give people? Well, it gives people a human element. I mean, it lets people know that we are people, too, um, that we are out there making choices, doing good choices, and that uh, sex workers are not expendable individuals. So by putting voices and people to the voices and the stories, I think people will have bit much more of a human connection to the whole situation. Um, and and hopefully to destigmatize and break away the stereotypes that everybody has when it comes to sex work. Because when we think of sex work, for the most part, most people are swayed into what the media's presentation is of it. And uh, that's, you know, the ubiquitous images of people standing on a street corner and different things like that. And that's not the case. There's so much out there. And, you know, we want to know that, we want people to know that we have agency, that we're smart, we're able to do things, we can do all kinds of, and it's work at the end of the day, you know. Well, and that's what I, I believe one of the other cast members, too, uh, was quoted as saying, you know, it's it's also trying to get people to realize exactly what you just said, that it's not that, just that image, and that all sex workers are not victims. Mm-mm. No, not at all. Um, and, and people need to remind themselves as well that there are a good percentage that are there by choice. And, um, you know, the work that they do is the same as anybody else on the planet would do. I mean, people are saying, oh, well, you're poor, you're desperate you're destitute, all these other different things. But, I mean, ask the same question to anybody else who's doing a job. And ask the same question to someone who's, for example, slinging coffee at a coffee shop. Are they empowered? Are they destitute? Are they doing the work that they maybe really, really want to do? 
Um, so, I mean, it, it's those are questions that can be asked of anybody working on the planet in any job, as a matter of fact. So, um, and the people that I work with, they like their job. You know, is it because do you think there there can be an element of danger, or or it, or it can be perceived as as a job where where you're not empowered, or, the, or where where you where you could be taken advantage of? But that's the same with any other job where you can be taken advantage of. Um, for example, I mean, I'm just going to throw this out. There are students who are working minimum wage jobs. I mean, for my opinion, is that they're being just as equally exploited at those jobs as anybody else is, as far as that goes. So, I mean, the empowerment comes from each person working whatever job that they do. And that's so unique to each person. And they feel and own their own job in the way that they do it and how they relate to it and what they want to do or whether it's a stepping stone or not. I mean, at the end of the day, we all want to have a roof over our head, clothes on our back, food on our table, and our bills paid. Um, you know, to, to work and enjoy your life and to travel, to do whatever you need to do. Uh, you mentioned uh, Raven Bowen, who is uh, part of this uh, project or associated with the project. Um, she was quoted, I know she was uh, in a newspaper article about this too, saying that another goal of the, the show is to get more public support for, for de- decriminalizing the sex trade. Uh, is that something, do you talk about that or do you address that at all? Um, we don't actually address that 100%. No, um, it, it's, this is more about stigma and stereotypes, breaking those barriers down, and, and once again, bringing the human voice, the human element to it, to know that there's people behind all these stories, that real people behind these stories. And I think, well, we all think and all believe 100% that once we bring that to the mainstream and people get to see that, along with it will come all these other different things that we can make our choices, we can do what we want to do. We are smart, we have agency, um, you know, but, and rather than be visi- invisible, hopefully we'll be visible for a change. Uh, you talked to about uh, the, this kind of this idea of the, the image that people have when they think uh, of sex workers. Uh, is there a disconnect, though, between the image of, of what people think of workers uh, as opposed to the clients? I, I, mean, um, I mean, the image of, of what people would think, uh, who, who, who goes, like, who purchases, uh, who uses your services? <laughs> That is such a varied population, um, and it's yeah. I mean, people tend to think of the you know the I guess the sleaze bag driving around in a car who's all greasy and slimy and doing those things, but that's so not the case. I mean, we're talking about individuals who just want to communicate, who want to share um, companionship with individuals, talk, for example, be listened to. Um, and from all walks of life, from all jobs, from all ethnic backgrounds, all different cultures, uh, it's so varied. And of course, yet again, the media wants to, well, certain parts of the media want to put it out there that this is the way it is and all these different, different things like that. And one thing that I wanted to touch on that you had mentioned earlier in regards to um, the danger associated, and that's another thing that the media keeps putting out there, as well as authority figures and authority organizations, that it's a high-risk lifestyle. They keep perpetuating that, and if we keep on accepting that, well, then people subconsciously start to think, well, it's a high-risk lifestyle. So they put themselves in positions of danger. So it's okay to do those things to those individuals, such as violence, abuse, um, coercion, all kinds of different things. So, and, and that's just so not right. And we have to stop with those kinds of representations and falsified information.
what else do you hope people take away from the show? I, I suppose because, because what you're saying, too, is, is what we hear in the media. It's what we cover in the media. And, and we don't uh, we don't often do stories on, on maybe somebody like yourself who who uh, who chooses to do this or, or who doesn't. You know, maybe it's a different different from the, the picture that we have. We do choose. We do report on uh, when there are drug addictions involved, when there are those slimy uh, people who take advantage. And so that is kind of what, what gets reported on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, no, we're not even, we're not being, for the most part, asked for our opinions. Um, everybody else is speaking for us. And they think that they're speaking for us in a manner that's positive, when in actual fact it's detrimental to our well-being, to our livelihood, to what we do as people. I mean, I, I don't need someone else to speak for me. Absolutely not. And I know the group people that I work with, the men and women, they don't need that either. And, you know, for the most part, people base their decisions on ideology rather than, um, you know, statistics, facts, all these other different things, you know, the sacred sex, all this other stuff. And they bring it down to the basic sex aspect. And there's so much more to it. There's, it's such a diverse, huge world of, you know, actions, thoughts, processes that go along with it. Uh, Velvet, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, the uh, I know most of the shows, if not all of the shows, are sold out. So clearly, uh, people want to see uh, this production. Thank you. I know you're very busy. Thank you for taking some yeah, time to chat with us. Thank you for having us. us. And just want to let you know that we might have another show added. So we're not <laughs> sure yet. So the response is overwhelming, and we're very happy about that. All right. Thanks for having us on. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. That is uh, Velvet Steele, one of the cast members of the Hooker Monologues, coming to the Fire, Ar- Fire Hall Arts Centre Wednesday to Sunday, March 9th to the 13th. Uh, again, the shows are sold out, but as you just heard Velvet say, they are contemplating adding an additional show because there has been such response from people wanting to catch that production. We will let you know if they add on a second show or an additional show to the shows already scheduled. We will take a short break. When we come back, I want to share with you some of the comments after I played. I'll probably play. I will play them again. The responses, both from the Vancouver's mayor and our prime minister, to questions about housing affordability. And my question to you is, Who said less? It's difficult to tell, but you certainly have some opinions on that. So I will share your email when we come back after this short break.